check these folks out. First up, Multicraft Daddy. Farrick, have you heard of Multicraft Daddy? I've heard of Multicraft underscore Daddy. Okay, well, I want you to open your phone, go to Multicraft underscore Daddy, and DM him. Say you heard about him from the podcast and shoot him a DM. He is giving away PMI tape, cases of it, every single week. And all you have to do is shoot him a DM. Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years has been providing top brands at competitive pricing. And if you mention the pod, you get an extra 10% off your first order. Dave has 803 followers. We're going to have to do something special when he gets to 1,000. I agree. I'm down. All right. Uh, Bruce, um, I actually uh, had a cool cool experience last week with Supercolor. Uh, Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer. They're made for screen printers, by screen printers. Um, They understand the pressure and expectations of the screen printing, and that's why they pride themselves on being super fast and super easy. Uh, Last week, we were exhibiting uh, in L.A. for VidCon. Uh, We had to use your heat press, Bruce, and uh, we were in a pinch, and Supercolor came to the rescue, sent them artwork on Friday. Uh, Their team worked on it late Friday night, had it shipped to our place on Monday, and we were ready for our convention. So... Uh, if you need them, use them. They're amazing. Printable 15, get 15% off your first order. Easy way. You know, you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy ways line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and will cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. 701, 842. Those are Campus Inc's favorite easy way chemicals to clean dirty screens. Every time I say that, I always think of that gum, the spearmint commercials, and I clean it up. <laughs> the ladies, I call it the gum. If you value a company to help with how-tos, best practices, and questions, Easy Way is there. They work with 100-plus distributors. I didn't know that until last year, and I started saying it because I think it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, they're there to help. They're there to, to uh, make you guys awesome. Last but not least, GraphX Source. If you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, check out GraphX Source. Um, I mean, just real quickly, maybe this is better, Farag, in your shop, how do you use them in two senses? Uh, we use them for all of our art department and then all of our back office, building online stores, working in Shopify, working in Printavo. They do all our vector set digitizing mock-ups. We have three full-time GraphXers on our squad. If you're not using them by now, like you're on, you're under the rock. Yeah, you get out from under the rock. Start using Graphic Source. Um, Nick Wood's gonna text me, being like, "Man, that analogy was so good." Um, <laughs> we love you, Graphic Source. Fifty <laughs> percent off your first vector sapper embroidery order. Mention the pod. How's this podcast going? How are you? This is good stuff, right? I've never, I've never done a, I've never done We're nailing a it. podcast before, so I don't know how this starts. Hi guys, I'm uh, Bruce Ackerman. Yeah, and I'm Stephen Farrig. And welcome to Shirt Show. Is that how this works? This is the official WB Camp takeover of. The Print Hustlers podcast. Oh, that's it, Print Hustlers. Yeah. Which normally would be hosted by Stephen Farag and Bruce Ackerman. But, but they sent the B team, me. Yes, uh, they are not here because they must have better things to do. Sounds right. And here we are. Uh, but what, what a delight it is to be here. And um, 
for them, such sadness to not be here. Dismay, I can only imagine wherever they are, wherever Bruce is not right on now, vacation. probably no. feeling super bummed out that he's not here with us Likely. and with you. So uh, I'm happy. Matt's happy. Jeff, are you happy? I'm happy. Okay. Nice. I believe that. <laughs> Grandparents with the kids. Yeah, I mean, do you have kids? I, I do, yeah. Okay, so you know how happy. I mean, it's a good night. Yes. Uh, oh, boy. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to start in on this podcast with a little bit of, uh, you know, talking about how things are going today. And then we're going to get into a little bit of Q&A with Jeffrey Paul uh, which I'm sure you guys have questions after that great uh, presentation. So, um, And then we will also have Night Owls up here afterward yeah. for questions for them, too. So dig up those hard-hitting questions, uh, the uncomfortable ones. Let's, let's, get those, let's get those brewing. All right. So first of all, what were your takeaways from uh, WB Camp today, day one of WB Camp? There's a lot of things that uh, I, I feel we went over that – a lot of people glaze over in day-to-day -day use. A lot of that screen reclaim stuff, right? So dealing with Saudi back there, that was gold. All that was gold. It's You can't be a night owls on press unless you're taking care of that screen. So I really appreciated the attention to the, the dark room and the screen prep. That was probably my biggest takeaway. Also, that night owls is as amazing as I always knew they were. Did you have much experience with night owls before today? Um, yeah, they're okay overall yeah. as people, um, yeah. but no, they're great. They're absolutely Yeah, I great. could like take or leave Eric. Um, oh, of course. It's yeah. Valentin. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Now, did, did Saudi, do they recommend hardening? I mean, I, I wasn't there for that. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, they did, didn't bring it up, but I mean, dealing with 80,000, 90,000 units, like, yeah. of course, you should be using hardener. I actually just recently ran a 1,200-piece discharge job, and I still used a Part A hardener um, that's reclaimable. But why not, yeah. right? If it takes an extra 10 minutes to reclaim, but you don't have problems on press, sure. use it. What's that worth? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a, we had a great day today. I think the, the amount of people just connecting with each other and uh, meeting people for the first time and, and being at the lab for the first time was really, really fun. Uh, there's definitely, I think, some people that uh, became friends here uh, today. New friendships yeah. blossoming. All right. And um, I didn't see very many fist fights, but there were a couple. And uh, I'm, I hope that they realized their differences and were able to move on. And put some ice from the ice bath on their wounds, and they're fine now. That's right. So we thank, are so. Thank you, Ryan Moore. We are so happy uh, that there is always an ice bath in tow with Ryan. Uh, this morning, I, uh, this morning, Ryan and, and Zach Korn. Uh, and I. Uh, well, no, I the, did it too. Oh, I, I'm not telling know. that story yet. Oh. I'm, you're, you're getting ahead of me, but this morning, uh, is Ryan and Ryan and Zach were staying at, uh, Sarah and I's house. We, we, uh, noticed them, uh, hurry off, uh, scamper off. I'm sorry. Scamper off. They call it running into the morning. <laughs> and, uh, they ran five miles to the shop this morning and, uh, uh, Ryan was unfazed and Zach nearly died. I, I got here just as they were getting here, and uh, Zach was laying down outside, and Ryan was acting like nothing happened. Uh, so, anyways, that's that's. The I heard kind they of had to fight in. with somebody for a uh, an outhouse along the way. There was someone living in an outhouse that Zach desperately needed to use. <laughs> yes. So apparently, along fun. the run, someone needed to use the restroom 
and uh, and uh, they found a porta potty with somebody in there. <laughs> so that's the that's the kind of thing you want to find. Zach at made a new friend. That's what we're yeah, saying. Zach made a new friend. That is interesting. He's no longer single. Yes. So he has a new life partner. This is good. So we're happy about this. We're happy, you know, it's, it's the stories that you make when you're traveling and the stories that you make in life uh, that you can tell to your grandkids later on. When that, hey Zach, don't tell them that the makes, stories. That makes all the difference. I know your stories. Keep them. No, no. Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, moving on, if we're talking about Printavo or Inktavo, like... Matt, you work for this company called Printavo. Uh, Bruce started it. He is not on the podcast today because we couldn't find him. And uh, we tried to phone him in. He was uh, out of signal, out of service. Uh, so, um, But you work for this company called Printavo. Things have changed recently. A little bit. Um, and change is sometimes good. Is, is change good? Awful. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, so, yeah, Inktavo, right? So... Inktavo is the parent company that now is in charge of the, I have it right here, right here. There it is. Printavo, Inksoft, and Graphics Flow. So when dealing with software in the industry and you need help with order management, process management, art approvals, order approvals, invoicing, everything, art first needs, all that, come to one of the Inktavo products. It's gonna, gonna make your life a lot easier. Uh, my role, which is, honestly kind of a dream job, right, is I get to work with shops to implement Printavo. So take their business and make Printavo work in their business and customize it for them, which makes it lean, makes it actually a good process, right? So kind of like what he was talking about with everything, okay, how much does it cost? What is the time? All of that. Every step you're doing in the quoting process, the art approval process, they're all time consumers, right? So if we can streamline that and standardize that, you get speed to press. Speed to press is how you make more money, right? So it's been interesting watching Inktavo. I mean, I started, I was like employee number nine at, at Printavo. There's over 100 now at Inktavo. So it's definitely changing. It's scaling, right? It, it's very, very different than when it was smaller and more agile. It's like, oh, we want this. I'm going to go do it. When I was a department for that, and it's very different. So it's a different feel, but it's similar to a lot of your shops, right? As you scale, you have to pull yourself out of certain things, replace yourself and let certain people succeed or fail, right? And it's interesting seeing that from a software side of the world and seeing how it's evolving and changing and in some ways less agile, but the deliverables are coming out much faster, much cleaner, much more accurate. So if you hear Inktavo, it's not replacing Printavo. It is simply let the monkeys of the circus name the company. And uh, they came up with Inktavo. Really original, I know. Uh, Inksoft and Printavo, if you couldn't figure that out. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going great. It's growing. It's expanding. Um, if you don't already use one of our services, definitely reach out to uh, any of us. Um, I'm Matt at Printavo, so feel free to email me. I can connect you to whoever you want to talk to. Or I can just talk shop or whatever with you, too. Do you think naming the company Print Soft would have been too descriptive? Uh, I prefer Print Hard instead of Print Soft. <laughs> well, that's a great segue into our next topic. Uh, so what, what is one of the most exciting things that Printavo does every year? Ooh, what could that be? Is it the Print Officers Conference? We're we doing the Print Officers Conference? When is that? 
So uh, has anyone ever been to the Print Hustlers Conference? It's for people that... Hands, let's see them. Print and hustle at the same time. That was, yeah, that was a weak hand. Let's see a real hand. There we go. Real, let's, let's see the hand of a hustler. Yeah. We got two. Okay. Are we doing it this year? I think so. I think that, uh, I think we should do a conference this year called Print Hustlers. Um, it's the seventh year. Is that right? That's not right. It's the sixth year? Also not right. So the fifth year? I believe that's accurate. Okay. <laughs> Who knows what year it could be for this conference? Uh, you'll Bruce find out if you attend. We'll do the research beforehand. But here's the deal. Last year, we did it in Fort Worth uh, for the people that came to Fort Worth and had a really good time. Uh, the Great year before, time. it was in Chicago. And the year before, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before, it was in Chicago. Too many, too many. Too many yes. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, obviously, I don't know enough about the history. Uh, we should do some research. They don't have encyclopedias anymore. This is a challenge, you know? Like, I looked it up on Wikipedia before this podcast. Not on there. How am I supposed to know? I'll talk to Stephen. All right. Perfect. So, uh, Brent Hustlers Conference uh, previously uh, uh, was held in Chicago. It was a two-day conference, two days of sitting in a room. And uh, last year, I decided we didn't have a lot of runway to put it together. I thought, well, let's put it together in Fort Worth. Uh, we know a lot of people in Fort Worth. We could put together something really cool. So, uh, so we did it. And I decided, uh, maybe let's just make it a one-day conference. A one-day conference would be easier to put together. It's just one day I sit in the room, you know. And then uh, by the time the conference had happened, we made it into a three-day conference. Uh, so um, that's what happens when I sit still. Uh, things get too complicated. Yeah. Sounds right. So, um, so what we did last year is the first day we did a little user summit. And then the second day we had the, the official Print Hustlers Conference. And then the third day, we decided to take shop tours. So we did a shop tour of Printed Threads, a shop tour of Made Lab, a shop tour of Trust Print Shop, and a, and a very special factory tour of Mrs. Renfro's Salsa. So I think uh, I really liked that format. I think to some other people liked that format as well. Are we doing well. the same format this year? So I thought, why don't we do the same format this year? Ooh. And so, uh, and let's go somewhere, let's go somewhere fun, somewhere different, somewhere... Tijuana. <laughs> where we can get stolen. Perfect. What do they call that? Oh, that's kidnapped. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, this is the official preliminary save the date announcement. Oh, wait, we know the date? Can I say it, Ryan? Okay, cool. Oh. November 4th through 6th, we're going to host a conference called Print Hustlers in Newport Beach, California. Woo! Newport Beach is a cool place in Southern California. On November 4th, we're going to do the Printava User Summit at a print shop called Liquid Graphics. Uh, one, of the, one of the bigger shops in the United States. Uh, pretty cool place. They've got 15 rock eco presses. And, uh, and with that, we're going to split it up. It's not going to be like the Printava User Conference last year. It's going to be a Printava User Conference for beginners and a print hover user conference for more experience. We're going to split that up into two levels. And then we're going to host the actual print hustlers conference at the Newport theater in Newport beach, California. All right. And then the third day of the conference will be taking tours of the Bella canvas cut and sew facility in commerce, California. So Ooh. we're going to be in a beautiful place, a place you could go stay a couple extra days, take your, your beautiful wife or your beautiful husband. 
That's what Sarah calls me when she says my, beautiful husband. Husband. my yep. beautiful husband. I believe this. And uh, and and have spend a couple extra days in California. Go see the beach. Have a good time. The weather's going to be beautiful. Uh, we might put together a boat tour. I don't know. We might do something. We might do something uh, extra special. We can and make fun. Bruce give surf lessons. Bruce is going to give everyone a personal surf personalized lesson. surf. We're going to give you his yeah. address, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's going to be a great time. So. So write that on your calendar. Some emails will go out soon. and we November 4th through 6th. November 4th through 6th. Yeah. So. Yeah, will you be there, Jeffrey? <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. That's a firm we'll yes. See. It's a firm yes. We haven't we'll, even we'll sent in the official we'll invite yet. Ryan will so. be there. I just asked, actually. <laughs> I asked because after this last talk, I have to say, I was extremely impressed. Yes. And I think we should have Jeffrey speak at Print Hustlers. Is that conference. the first time you've ever been impressed by Jeffrey? Uh, nope, not the first time. <laughs> but I just talked to his wife, Amy, and the fourth is her anniversary. Your anniversary. Her anniversary. Your, yeah, your and, anniversary. And she does love Newport. She does love Newport, yes. Does. We'll, we'll putting, see him there. And- it's official. <laughs> We're putting some things together here. So very, maybe very on the fifth, Jeffrey could ta- have, a, have a similar version, but... Maybe slightly different of this talk. We'll have to discuss this with this agent. <laughs> I've got a lot of I've got a lot of liquid stories. I'm, Maybe we know, should put uh, it's, it's Jeffrey good. and Josh on a panel together. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> we we sat on the panel at ISS, right? I think that was us. That's right. That yeah. was you guys. Printing United as well. No, it's Printing United. That Printing was United. the uh, what was that stage called? For, uh, Future State Theater. Okay, so that was the, that was our big announcement. Let's let's move on. We're talking too much about nothing. So let's talk about something. Jeffrey Paul, I've Woo! known I've known Jeffrey for some years. Uh, about as long as almost as long as Ryan. You you and Ryan had already met, I believe, when I went to work for Ryan. You hadn't. We were you, you had not purchased. You had not been a rock guy yet, but we were working on you. Yeah, we were, Ryan and I were not deep into our relationship yet no, at that time. Yeah. Early, yeah. Early. <laughs> So, so this was, yeah, this was when we were an M&R shop and Jeffrey, Jeffrey had come on board and he said, Hey man, we're going to change that. And I said, you can't change me. I'm unchangeable. Sarah's been working at this for years. And, uh, and, uh, and we changed. So I don't know your background as much. I know that you run a $3.2 billion business. Whew. A little bit of money. Um, it's just a difference in letters, really. Right? Yeah, I just move a zero, a comma. Yeah, and, 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 to be, and to be clear, when this gets broadcast to wherever this is going, I, I run the printing portion of that $3.2 billion. Business. So there's, so there's, there's a lot of other people a lot smarter than me that, Fair. that, that do a lot of other things. So wh- what is the background? How do, how do you climb that mountain to be somebody running something that large? So you, you were at Ryanette, you said? I was. Well, I mean, so it was... As we mentioned, Waco, right? Mm-hmm. Small printing shop, mm-hmm. wooden frame manuals, early 90s, hated screen printing, never wanted to do it. Came back, started in the family business, early 2000s. Fast forward to 2012, had nine autos. My parents sold that business, sold it to their largest contract customer. At the time, it was Health Impressions. It was a big supplier of hospital marketing materials. And this is back when it was still paper catalogs, right? You would have a catalog they would go through, and as part of that, kind of promotional product catalog, there were three pages of apparel. Our, our company made all that apparel. And I guess, you know, one year they were, who, you know, who's this vendor? They're in Waco. God, we're spending a lot of money. Why don't we just buy them? 
So they bought the they 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 bought our factory. It was a good timing, to be honest with you. You know, this was after 08, right? You know, we had expanded probably way too quickly. I think I mentioned the most money we ever made was three autos, right? At that point, we had nine, so it was just it, it was good for everybody. Um, parents sold that business, um, worked for the new owners for a while. Just you know, difference of opinion. You know, good folks, but I needed to you know find my own path, and went to work for a company called Coliseum Athletics in Los Angeles. So I remember packing up my car, didn't know a soul, uh, moved out to Los Angeles, working for Coliseum. Coliseum is the third largest collegiate apparel manufacturer. So um, you think of Knights Apparel, that's a mass, right? Walmart, Target, um, which was Kmart, I guess. I don't guess they're around anymore. But um, And then there's Nike, and then there's Coliseum. Oh, nobody's heard of Coliseum. Well, Kohl's, all these folks have a private label. You walk into it, they have a good, better, best strategy. You know, your good is like, you know, kind of your basic T with the T formation, your better is typically their own in-house private label. And then the best is what's called sideline, which is Nike, Under Armour, whatever that is. Coliseum was filling that private label. So you'd go into Coles, it would say, you know, Stadium Fieldhouse. You'd go into a Gorman's, it would say, you know, Campus Heritage. It was all made by Coliseum. So I went out there, worked for them, helped them build out a domestic program. Uh, did that for a couple of years, then got sucked into the private equity world for a couple of years, um, buying and selling some textile companies on the West Coast. That's where I met Ryan. After we consolidated some factories, we bought some rock machines to do our printing. Met Ryan, then went to work for him um, in, I guess, 2013, 12. I had to go back and look at my LinkedIn page for exactly what it was. <laughs> I have trouble keeping track. Um, and then, um, but when, when working for Ryanette and, and, and rock in North America, we sold a couple of machines to a company called Young One to their El Salvador factory because I had met their CTO who worked out of Seattle. And um, it's just the relationship. And so when I, after I was, you know, met my wife, took a year off from work, got married, had been married in my job forever. So that was the time to, you know, spend some time to myself. And when I was ready to get back into, you know, to working, reached out to Rick Fowler, who was the CTO of young one still is, you know, said, Hey, have you ever thought about me, you know, coming to work for young one? And, you know, we found an opportunity to use some contract positions, help us with this, help us with that. That was five years ago. And it just kind of morphed into, you know, we have a lot of opportunities for you to help us. And, you know, what I found really quickly was, you know, overseas, the dynamics and the economics of overseas manufacturing is, is changing faster than I can even keep up. With you know, we talked about table printing earlier, right? We used to just have big warehouses of people printing on tables, and you know, I think I mentioned earlier if you wanted to get me passionate about a topic, let me have a couple of beers and we can talk about wages. What the garment industry has done for these countries is nothing short of miraculous. I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, you're talking about populations who didn't have cell phones. They were wondering where their next meal is going to come from. You know, they, they didn't have a roof over their head. They were living in shacks. I mean, it was just, you know, I use the word abject poverty because that's only what we perceive as abject poverty. What they perceived, that was their life. That's how they lived. They didn't know any better. Doesn't mean they were any happier than you or I. You know, I again, maybe this is three drinks in, but, you know, there's nothing more arrogant for somebody to come in and say, your lifestyle's not good enough. You know, I know what my living wage is, and it's pretty fucking high. But that doesn't mean somebody else can't be way happier 
than I am or anybody else living on a whole lot less. Now, that doesn't mean you need to take advantage of things. And you're right. You know, the pendulum, it had, it, we had to swing it. I'm going off on a bit of a sidebar here. Sorry. You know, we've all heard those horror stories of fires and, and all these things. You know what? I hear horror stories here in the U.S. all the time. It's no different. But you get a target on your back. You get some, 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 some well-intentioned groups of people who want to make a difference. And I'm glad they are. But, you know, you can swing that pendulum so far that, you know, it's tough. And I'm not sure how I got here on this, on this conversation. But, you know, we talk about wages and we talk about what we're doing over there. And the garment industry has come in there. I go to Bangladesh now. Everybody has a cell phone. It's all 5G. I have a Bangladesh cell phone. You know what my 5G unlimited data and service minutes and cost me? It's $3 a month. And it's better service than I have here with my damn Verizon phone. Don't get me started. I'm about to move off of that stuff. My wife will attest and, and support that decision. But it's fabulous. It's $3 a month. I can get taxis for, for, for 10 cents, 25 cents. You know what? Everybody's got food on their table. Everybody's living a great life. Oh, you need to pay them more. Oh, you need to do this. Well, yeah, we do need to lift them up. We, we do need to pay them more, just like we need to pay a lot of our people here in these states more. And we're seeing that through a lot of these groups, whether it's UPS or pilot unions. And, and I'm all for these folks going out and getting every penny they deserve. But when you go and tell somebody that their standard of living is not good enough, that's when you're going to hear me talk about something. Because if you go in there and you moved all these guys up to some arbitrary ways that you feel like they should be making to live a standard of life that you want to live. Well, you know what happens? Everybody wants to come work in the factory. Who's going to work, who's going to work on the farms? Who's going to go fish? Who's going to drive them all to the factory? Who's going to work the restaurants? Who's going to work the street vendors? Who's going to be a policeman? Who's going to be a fireman? Because those wages aren't coming up. No WRC groups coming in and fighting for the local fire department wages. They're fighting for that garment wage so they can get on CNN and talk about all the good they're doing. But if you do that, you would crash these companies, these countries. They'd all starve to death because nobody would want to make food. They'd all want to go make your clothes. So, what I've been doing over there is we've got <laughs> 2024. We've got, yeah. <laughs> so you got it. You got my vote. We've got we've got table printing. It's a very manual process, right? Table print. I'm bringing this all the way back around. I promise. I'm we've got ta- we've got table I'm printing. To be up here. This is great. It's a very manual process. It makes sense when wages are X. Doesn't make sense when wages are Y or Z or whatever acronym you want to use off of that. So. What I've, been, what I've been doing over there, and I'm coming in there, you, you would have these just buildings full of table printing. Automation. Whether it be Rock or M&R or, or, or Anatole or anybody, you know, I'm a believer in ovals. I think Rock makes the best oval in the world, and I can, we can argue that point. If you're buying a circle machine, there's a lot you're, of people. You're right. There's no arguing. You're there, right. There's a lot of people that make a good circle machine, but when it comes to water-based printing overseas, I need to flash after 14 layers. I need an oval. So we went in there and started automating these places. And we weren't taking jobs. 
you know, we're growing. Maybe I wasn't hiring as many folks, but I'm teaching these people a skill. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm upworking. I'm giving them, I'm paying them more to be an operator, paying them more to be a technician. And so that's what I've been doing. You know, started in Bangladesh. We've got machines now in Vietnam. Um, if you Google Young One, which maybe some of you had, Young One India, we just had a press release last week. Uh, we're opening up a little over $120 million investment in India. So we'll be making manufacturing out of India pretty soon. Um, our chairman has been fantastic identifying, you know, China. I mean, we're all out of China. We don't, we don't manufacture anymore in China. And so, and again, 20 years ago, the garment wages lifted up the entire country of China out of what we consider abject poverty. We upskilled them. We built universities. We trained them. Now what are they making? Now they're making iPhones. Now they're making motherboards. They're making computers. Because they learn how to do SMV studies. They learn how to do cost analysis. They learn how to build factories. They learn the things that they learn in the garment industry that help them make an iPhone. Now they're the second biggest economy in the world. So I'm proud to be a part of the garment industry. And I'm proud to be a part of the overseas garment industry. And, you know, I appreciate you having me up here. And I'm, I'll probably get an email from my boss when this just hit the internet. But, you know, he feels the same way, I, mean, I guarantee you. you. Fine. So, anyway. Let's, uh, let's, who has a couple questions for Jeffrey? Anybody? Let's see if he can, like, answer them without going on a tangent. Happy <laughs> talk. Tangents invited. When I was going through your book, it said you really that there was thirteen layers. Is that really true? They were they had to print thirteen layers on that fabric. It, it probably was. I mean, not not knowing the specific one that you were, you're talking about, um, I would probably say yes in that case. Now that's a constant push and pull I have with my teams, right? Um, one thing I've had to learn, really, in over, any overseas factories, if if I go in there and mandate, I'm always going to be the reason something didn't work. And what I mean by that is if you must do it this way. Well, as soon as there's any sort of problem, it's not going to be any mistake they made because he told me to. Right? And so, I mean, it's a fine line between, hey, we don't really need 13 here. Whatever you're looking at, you or I could probably sit down and figure out how to do it in seven or eight. We could. No doubt in my mind. The fabric you were probably looking at also, um, remember it's a water repellent fabric. So I'm putting down primers, which we don't have to do that here on knits. You're putting on fleece or t-shirts or these kinds of things. We're not trying to eat through a water repellent layer of chemical, or we're not trying to first put down a, something that will grab on to a water. We're, we're, trying to put down, we're not trying to put down a water repellent ink or water repellent fabric to a water-based ink. We don't do that. You're putting on a knit. It just accepts it. So also, if it was polyester, you know, depending on, remember we talked about the testing? Depending on how bad that dye migration score was, I might need one layer of dye blocker, maybe two layers. Um, I'm sure my ink guys here would attest. More dye blocking layers is not always better. <laughs> I mean, there's a point to where it just, you put down two, and if you still got dye migration, you got another problem. Um, it, that, that, that's not the answer to everything. So don't, I guess, don't, don't get afraid of that. If you saw 13, you or I could do it in seven or eight on that same fabric, and you could do it in four or five on a T-shirt. I got a question for you looking at those photos. So lots of rocks. Awesome. Lots of rocks. It appeared, it could be wrong, 
that they were brown firefly dryers. They are brown firefly dryers. Can you tell me more about that decision, why you like them, sure. all that stuff? I'm curious. No, good question. So, you know, if you, whether you're familiar or not with brown firefly dryers, the brown firefly dryer, they've been out for about six or seven years, and they're predominantly in the DTG market. You see a lot of them in, in pod printing operations, uh, direct-to-garment printing, primarily for digital-type things. Um, all of your dryers you have, whether they're gas or electric, you're setting it to a temperature, you know, probably six or 700 degrees. You know, you're trying to get that, that plastisol ink up to a 300 or 320. But once that garment comes into that heat chamber, it takes a while for that ink to actually get up to temperature, right? Because the beginning of the chamber, if you have a good dryer, is the same temperature as the end of the chamber. There's no variant. What the brown fireflies can do is you can imagine if I started the first 10 inches at 1500 degrees, right? And I'm just, I'm ramping up. I'm just going like, instead of this curve that goes like this, I'm going like this. So my chambers can be a lot shorter, first of all, right? And I've got some space constraints there. The primary, primarily the reason I went with brown fireflies is they have thermal cameras that, that are spaced out down each belt and they're taking a thermal reading off of the fabric and the ink that then modulates, they have bulbs, right? You all have flashes, of quartz bulbs. A brown firefly is just a row of bulbs, like a ton of them. Like each row would have like 60 bulbs. <clears throat> and every single bulb is individually powered, individually controlled. So as that thermal camera is reading the temperature coming off of that ink, it's modulating the power going to the bulb directly above that panel. And so if you tell it, I want that panel to be at 215 degrees for 37 seconds, no more, no less, that machine will absolutely hit it. It'll do it automatically. The software does it. So I've got a workforce that we're training, we're educating, but for many of these people, it's the first time they've worked in a, a factory. They're farmers. I need a machine that they just hit a button and it works. We're not sending donut probes down. We're not sending temp strips. You know, I just know the recipe is going to be hit the exact same every time. So the brown firefly is shorter and my fabrics are incredibly sensitive. Again, I need to hit 105 degrees Celsius. Sorry, I need to hit 170 degrees Fahrenheit for 73 seconds. If I go to 80 seconds, it's going to have a color shift. If I go to 180 degrees, it'll shrink. The brown firefly will hit it. Now, am I advocating that for your world of fleeces and cotton knits? Probably not. But for me, it, it was the only solution. I imagine those being all electric, too. The usage on that, the, the amperage, that, that's massive. But kilowatt per hour, obviously, I'm assuming, is much cheaper in those, those markets, right? It's not. It's not actually cheaper. You know, typically here in the U.S., you're paying anywhere from 8 to $0.13 cents based on your demand days, whether, you're, whether you want to kind of mess with the electric company and throw some big demand at night and turn some stuff off during the day just to screw with them. But it – oh, hey – Little pat on the back. Largest rooftop solar in Bangladesh. Ooh. Young one. 14 megawatts. All right. Big. Um, it is. So, um, no, it, it's actually not. Now, 
what is way more expensive, natural gas. Do you have a pipeline? Mm. Do you even have access to natural gas? In Texas, but I don't, I don't in some of my factories in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And I don't in some of my factories in Vietnam. Now, I also like the Starbucks and McDonald's kind of thing, right? Well, what does that mean? If I've got a style that the last year was printed in Bangladesh, next year that buyer wants to produce that same style in Vietnam, maybe there's some tariff you know, considerations, um, whatever. If I've got the same equipment in Bangladesh as I do in Vietnam, the recipe just transfers over. Right? It's like Starbucks and, 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 and Big Mac. Right? It's all the same equipment, making that Big Mac everywhere you go. Makes it easy. So with the training on that, though, like you've got all these different locations and you're bringing in farmers, like you said, that they now have to do 80,000, 90,000, million units of something on $25 fabrics. What is your training process like? How, I mean, we deal with people that we're trying to pay for 14, 15, 16 bucks an hour. They think they're worth 30 they don't know who they are. Uh, how, how are you scaling? How are you training? What does that process look like to get somebody onto the floor to do any of these tasks? If it's from, I mean, obviously, hey, cut the mesh out. A little simpler than, hey, go do this more complex process. Do you have like a, a clear process on you start here, you can work your way here, here's your pays. How, do, how does that scaling process work for an employee coming in the doors? We need to be, we need to be better at that. <laughs> I mean, um, it's a challenge. I mean, you know, one of the, my biggest, I've been there five years now, you know, just understanding the cultures. I mean, I've, you know, I got culture challenges in Vietnam that I don't have in Bangladesh. And I don't mean that they're worse, they're, they're, they're bad or worse one place or another. I've got culture challenges here in the States. Right. And so we need to do a better job on that. The way that we're solving it for it, quite frankly, is we've built out a lot of excess capacity. Right, that allows us to take time. You know, we 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 we've purchased we've purchased time, quite frankly, with the idea that eventually we're going to, to your point, either educate into that capacity and be able to fill it, or you know, reduce it in a way. And so, we, we've we've got to do better on that. And and I'm not as involved in a lot of that. I would I won't I won't say as I should be because, again, it's a lot of local. HR, right? And you've got, you've got, you've got religious concerns. You've got, um, you know, this village doesn't like this village and and it's all well and good. It's fine. Um, but I've got some really good local teams that they they kind of, they kind of manage that. My job is to make sure they have enough capacity to fill our production lines. All right. Lots of amazing information here. We're going to ask, we're going to do two Audience questions for Jeffrey Paul. Two more. So you have uh, facilities in a bunch of different countries. How does that affect printing HSA ink, or you know the, the humidity and all the different variables? I've heard a bunch of people talk about just the the variability in North America alone. Sure. So I like humidity, right? In in, in the world of HSAs, I, I, you know humidity is good. Vietnam and Bangladesh, most of the year support that. Now, but there's also a dry season in Bangladesh. So to your point is, again, if I, I can show you the video later at, at dinner. If you see our ovals, we've built um, ultrasonic humidifier systems around. So we're actually piping in humidity to, to every one of our print heads. Um, 
you know, as far as HSA, whether it be what type of ink or brands of ink, there was a, I think John Madden once said, the best ability is availability, right? So there might be some fantastic inks out there, but if I can't get them, it doesn't matter. If that brand or that company doesn't have an import-export division that can understand Vietnam or Bangladesh custom laws and concerns, and, and I'm serious. I mean, I've seen stuff where it takes me three months for them to just put in, to, to get an air shipment in because they're trying to figure out the customs of it. Um, so I'm not, I don't know if I answered your question specifically, but I, I don't have one brand for all countries. Some brands do well in Bangladesh. Some do well in Vietnam. A lot of times because they have a great local agent. You know, they're, that, that, having that local agent, that local support, that local distributor, whether it be GSG or SPI or Ryanet or McBee or Logan, having that local guy that's going to come by and help you, that's golden to me too over there. Absolutely. So I, I use multiple brands of ink. Um, and as far as controlling the humidity, I'm pumping as much in as I can. Just give me more. Do you ever have to look at something if they don't have a choice? They're not really saying, hey, we want it to come from here because of tariffs or thing. Do you then strategically figure out where you're going to run it based off of the climate or does that not matter because you're controlling? No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down the weeds that, that, that much on them. Um, you know, mo most of our factors are in economic zones, right? So we're, you're bringing in raw goods and those things, the goods coming in don't have a, don't have a tariff on them. Now, sometimes the goods going out to the country might, but tariffs rarely come into play as far as my raw goods ink is concerned. It, it really is, you know, do they have a strong local agent? Um, I'm going to be buying direct, right? And how that manufacturer take cares of that local, takes care of that local agent, that's between them. But I want to have that relationship with that local guy. Because when, you know, when push comes to shove, I'm gonna, I, when I need help, I need him. How much money did you lose yeah. when the boat turned sideways? You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the, one, yeah. uh, the one in the Suez. Yeah. <laughs> so fortunately, by that point, my job's already done because <laughs> whatever was on there, we've already made. Um, you know, you, you, we're, again, we're a publicly traded company, so anything I share is not proprietary. But you can see that, I mean, you know, we did that 3.2 was actually about $4 billion, you know, th this past year, um, and that's doubled um, in, the last, in the last three years. Um, Europe is our large, our largest market. So I'm, I'm sure that it did impact some things. Um, typically the way those things would work out though, right, is the goods are, the goods are already made, you know, how our buyers paying, I, I, I'm not privy to that, whether it's LC or, or prepay. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm sure we said, I, we said our buyer, Hey, we did what you told us to do. You need to go work that out with your retailer. Right? I mean, my wife works for Nordstrom. She's been there 20 years. I mean, you know, when when a fragrance company misses a shipment, they're calling her and asking her for a favor. So they're not talking to the company that made the fragrance. Right? So, yeah, I'm the guy that makes it. So um, I hope not much. All right. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for all of your Mind wealth of knowledge. You. If you guys... Uh, if you guys would like to ask Jeffrey more questions, he'll be hanging out. And he'll certainly Zach be in our already called. Tonight. Zach and I already said that his wife has to sit farther away because him and I are sitting on both sides of him. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. She'll probably fight you. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, everybody, give it up for Jeffrey. Woo! Thank you.
Um, wow. Let's uh, let's talk to some more. Let's talk to some more people. All right, real quick, I got to tell you something. This is really interesting, and here's why. We formed a company called Inktavo. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now: Printavo, Inksoft, and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo's managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools. Um, company stores and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus, in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right. Check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. That are more our level? That are, that are more our level, for sure. That we deserve uh, to be on the same stage as? Yes. Yeah, all right. So, so who should that be? Okay, all right. Let's bring up the Night Owls crew and Kevin from Forward Printing. Woo! Do you wanna, all right. Do you want to tag out? Tim, do you want to sit on the floor over here? Just okay. lay down in the middle of the stage. T- Danny's tagging out for Tim. No, no, no. no, no. Val vetoed no, that. Val. Get back up here, Danny. Tim, stay in your place. Tim, do you want to sit on my lap? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, this is getting real interesting. Hey, guys. Hey, Night Owls and Forward Printing. Woo. I would say who is up here, but we already know it's the Night Owls. <laughs> You're killing it as always. As the audience just slowly grows less and less. Yeah, the bar's over there. You guys can just go ahead and leave. We're, certainly we're not here for us. <laughs> All right. Hey, what was your? Uh, hey, Eric. Hi. This question. This first question is for you. Okay. What was your biggest takeaway from today? Uh, Jeffrey's very rich and is buying us all dinner. That's what I heard too. Yeah. Right, Jeffrey. Soon as that, Amy, uh, can you confirm? Soon Dinner's they, uh, on you. Soon as they hand me that tab tonight, I'll walk straight to Jeffrey Paul. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, no, I mean, you know, there's lots of information being shared, and I think that's always one of the coolest things of our industry is that people are open about this stuff, and you know, we've fucked up a ton, and so we don't mind sharing. I feel like you know, Kevin and Ford is probably the same. Like, learn from our mistakes, and I think that. That kind of helps everyone. Do you feel like at your level of expertise, there's still things for you to learn at events like this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, just because we do something a certain way, it doesn't mean it's the right way. Or Wait, it's, it doesn't mean that? No, it doesn't. Especially there's with water-based, there's so many this. variables, right? So, like, they, I've said it a million times. There's people in Indonesia, Vietnam, Bangladesh that are printing with materials that, yeah, <laughs> Uh, they're printing with things that like you, like we would all look down on and they're blowing us out of the water constantly. Like what we do here is cool, but I mean, there's always someone doing it better and different. That is, that's true. Cause I read on Facebook once that, uh, someone knows how to print better than everyone else. Yeah. Most, most people do. Yeah. If you were on Facebook, you're so good. Um, so what about you, Kevin? What I, um, let's see, I, I, 
all the little tips and tricks. Those are the the big ones to me um, that you learn. Um, clear nail polish instead of super glue, probably much more easy to reclaim than super glue. So that, that was a big one. That's what I love about these events is it's, you can learn the practices, but it's those little things that someone that has been doing it less time to you figured out and you might learn from them, you know, learning from the students at the same time that they're learning from you is just a spectacular experience. One thing that I love, and I mean, no disrespect to Jesse. I love you, Jesse. But it's different when you have a manufacturer talking about what works in a lab versus hearing you actually talk about what's happening right now in a shop. Right. right. And in a perfect environment, the lab where they make the things. Yeah. Like that looks perfect. OK, great. But now let's have this twelve dollar an hour employee who's angry about what happened at home. Go repeat this. Right. Right. It's a totally different game. So totally. It's total. It's, it's one thing to hear it from manufacturers and they've got good guidelines, but it's definitely different to hear it from the experts who are actually doing it at scale. Well, maybe not at full scale. He's full, real scale. <laughs> right. There's probably lots of things I said today that some of the ink manufacturers totally disagreed with, but it's what works for us, right. you know, in our environment and what works for us might not work for you in your environment. So, yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love those those interactions. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, uh, Tim, Danny, and Val? What about what? Who has something to say? Who has something to say? There's the mic. About what we learn. Yeah, that doesn't have to be what you learn. But okay. Maybe a little takeaway or like. Oh, like takeaway. I like. Um, the big reason I like coming to these things is just to meet a lot of people. And um, you know, besides Eric, like I haven't really met any other assholes, so. Uh, everyone's like pretty, pretty yeah. nice. So. Yeah. Such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Great point. That's I am the biggest definitely takeaway. an asshole. The only one in the room. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I not a not a whole lot to say. Um, it's it's really good to come out to these events to see the passion that people have to learn about water base and. Um, I think when, you know, Eric and Val and I really first started, I think a lot of us in this room, people were very shy to share that information. You know, we, we learn something and we're like, oh, we, we've got a magic recipe now. Really, you know, as, as my involvement in the industry is gone, there's, there's no magic. It's just hard work. Um, it's testing. It's figuring out the variables, um, dialing those in. Um, you know, the, the manufacturers that come in, what they tell you, you, they have lots of good information, but you've got to put in the work yourself. And I think that's my biggest takeaway is you can get a lot at it at an event like this, but you got to go home and just put in the work yourself. And that's kind of really what it boils down to. Amen. Val, you have to say something. Just say the word something. Something? Nailed it. <laughs> can I, can no. I tell a quick story on Val's behalf? Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not bad. Uh, Ray, you, you'll love this. Uh, so um, Jay, who works for Aviant, but then Rutland, very early on came to our shop and we, uh, Val and I and, and Jay and a couple other uh, vendors were there and we were just delving into discharge. And we had heard about HSA, high solid acrylic, this water base that was meant to be like plastisol. And this is the first time that we're meeting somebody from an ink manufacturer from, from within the industry. Uh, and we're like, yeah, we, we really like printing discharge. We're trying to learn it more. We really want to start playing with HSA. And Jay just stops us and goes, no, no, no. You'd be a fucking idiot to do that. No one's doing that here. You're never going to work with that ink. 
And right then and there, Val were like, yep, we're, we're working with that's that ink. That's what we're doing. So that's like the typical uh, screen printing industry response. And so I think, you know, a lot of us up here have kind of taken that. Do the and opposite of what Jay DeMarco yeah. says? Yes, that's yes. Your, that's your business advice? Yeah, uh, <laughs> not just Jay, but a lot, of, a lot of the manufacturers. You know, like a wow. lot of them are, they, they build these products, they build these items, but they're not using them day in and day out. And so it's really up to us as printers within this printing network to kind of figure it out, right? Like they don't know, they don't know how to print this stuff and, and we know how to do it better than they and do. And as an overall, if somebody's gonna tell me something that I can't do or shouldn't do, that's what I wanna do. You can't I'll, make a million dollars profit. Oh, watch me. I know. <laughs> that, that was the point. I like a good challenge. And I think in, in Jay's defense, I think that ink manufacturers have had to work really hard over the last decade to come up with a solution for HSA that actually works. Yeah. And, and you know, looking back at in that story, it's one, it's a fun story to tell. But like, you know, I, I put it into perspective of just like they have a very hard time putting it into shops because instantly as something, as soon as something goes wrong, it's Jesse's fault. It's Ray's fault. It's Colin's fault. Like right. it's never you as a printer, you did everything perfectly. You, you understand everything. And so ultimately the ink or the emulsion, that's where it's failing and they got to figure it out. Um, and you know, sometimes it is true, but generally speaking, it's poor practices that people aren't putting into place that are, that are causing that. I'd like to throw out some, uh, some, some opportunities for questions here. Um, and if you would like to ask a question, uh, please direct that question towards a person because we have clearly the lovely Night Owls crew and uh, the even more charming Kevin from Forward. So please, please, uh, please ask us some good questions. Try to, we're gonna do uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us real quick and uh, see what we can do. So we're doing magic. So yeah, I, does anyone a magician? They disappeared already. They're so good. <laughs> I love a good magic trick. What's up, guys? So say you, your name, where you're from. Yeah. My name is ASL. Zach Acorn, aka the Can of Corn. I'm from Boston, Mass. Um, you guys crushed it last year too, and crushed it this year already. Day one. Um, you know, being the or one of the the top elite water-based printing shops in the country, right? Mm -hmm. My question for you is, you know, coming from last year into this year, what is one thing that you guys have added to the process or changed the process that, you know, that is continuing to help you guys grow? You know, you guys brought so much great information to the table last year. You know, what's something that you guys noticed in your process that you already changed or improved? You know, the big point was saying you have to take this and bring it into your shop. So has there been anything that you guys have done in the past year? I would year? love for you to direct that question towards a person. Zach. Val. A big part of answering your question is actually our presentation tomorrow. So <laughs> we, we kind of took all the questions that we got from last year um, and dialed those in. Um, honestly, it's, it's a learning experience at, printing water-based like you're gonna learn something every day so that's kind of a hard question to answer in terms of like what what specifically did we learn last year um and what we're going to implement a lot of that will be covered tomorrow sorry not good podcast material but terrible response <laughs> um i have a question um so i've heard a lot today about what's hard in water-based printing basically all of it right it's just all hard 
Um, the results speak for themselves, and I, I do honestly feel the end result is superior. Other than that, is there any business advantage you feel going into this world, or is it strictly just finding the niche that wants it, or is there business advantages in the process, setting it out different from other competitors, yeah. anything? You, would you, I- as someone that has sort of built our career over the past couple of years as being a water-based printer, uh, I'm slowly coming to the realization that no one gives a fuck except for other screen printers. So um, <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest. Is that what we're going to rename this week now? <laughs> yes. No one gives. <laughs> um, you know, it, it truly, there's, most people don't know, they don't care. And, and we'll talk about this more in depth tomorrow. But like most people, when they want water-based printing, they want discharge. That's their, their understanding. They want no feel. They want it to be very, very soft. And, you know, that's great. Uh, It's our job to educate the customer. But generally speaking, at the end of the day, quality is subjective. And most people, they would rather save pennies than have a high, high quality product. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, look, it's a tough pill for everyone to swallow, right? Especially in this industry. There's so many things coming for what we do. Um, and so, I mean, we're we're trying very hard not to bury our head in the sand and, and be like, we're going to die on this hill. But ultimately, like, I feel very comfortable. And I've said it many times in, in you know, the talks today. Waterbase has forced us to be better printers. There's no way around it. Um, and I feel confident that even with so many things changing, that we still have a place because we are on the higher end. Now, are we going to have to change our business model and the way that we price things or the way that, you know, we try and attract customers? Most likely, um, because there's going to be a ton of just like cheap, quick stuff that's coming in. And our service is not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. But we really need to be able to dial in the customers that we're trying to go after and make sure they understand our value. Otherwise, like, again, we're just going to be racing to the bottom and that's not fun for anyone. Value proposition for different finished prints. I think you kind of nailed something that I agree with is when you're focusing on water base, you can't do that fast and sloppy and cheap. It just does not exist. You have to really work on all the variables and know all those details. And I think regardless if you stay water base or do a blend of both or to say screw it and go back to plastic completely what you've done in that journey has made yourself vastly better than your competition that is just doing it fast dirty and cheap let's grab another audience question we have another good audio this man in the back has his hand raised let's try to question yeah i have a question for kevin uh, what's the single biggest mistake that you've made as it relates to production and what can we all learn from it? It doesn't seem pointed at all. Like he knows something. That's a tough one. Um, our single biggest mistake, um, probably not jumping in harder, faster, um, uh, wiffle waffling with the decision to go to water base, um, and stay with the norm. Um, we knew we loved it, but we were scared because we didn't know if we pushed that direction, if the clientele would stay with us or if we'd get new clientele. So I think we second guessed ourselves and didn't make that decision to push to water base as quickly as we should have. 
If you want to know a single biggest financial mistake, uh, we screwed up a $60,000 order recently. And uh, that sucked. But yeah, we have the story to tell. So that's cool. Yeah. Like, I, you know, so. I don't, I don't think Jeffrey's here anymore. Uh, at dinner tonight, ask, ask him about their mistakes and financial losses from those mistakes. It's pretty fun. Pretty, pretty cool perspective. All right, let's grab another audience question. So in today's world where it's really hard to hire somebody that, you know, wants to work, um, I know the one reason I went away from Waterbase was because it was me doing it and I was trying to hire someone to do it the way I would want to do it and they just didn't give a shit. So there's a super technical kind of close attention attention to detail, all that, all those things. So how difficult is it for you or is it to hire someone new or is it just, are you just guys keeping super lean and going with what you got? So to answer your question in terms of hiring people, um, you know, uh, Tim can kind of chime in on this a little bit more. We typically have kind of, I, 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 it sucks because I, I don't want to brag and I don't want Brett to get on Do my it. case it's about fine. this. Right. But generally speaking, when it comes to hiring printers, because of how innovative our shop has been um, and how we kind of project ourselves as pushing forward, we don't particularly have that problem with printers. People want to come work with us because they see the quality that we're doing and they understand that they can level up their game by coming to work for us. Um, we kind of try not to bring in printers though because... Typically, they're coming in with bad habits. Um, like Tim, Tim, <laughs> Tim never screen printed uh, a day in his life, and you know, within two years, he was running the production floor at our shop. So he's okay now. Even then, I think Tim's only printed on a manual press like twice, right? So like he has learned on printing on autos, but we were able to teach him, and he was able to learn the attention to detail and the quality that we were after. So our whole team has kind of become that. I mean, I don't, you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, I think um, like a big part of it is you don't have to hire screen printers to do this job. Like I was working three jobs, didn't really do, didn't know anything about screen printing, but um, just finding people that care about attention to detail and other things will, you know, and then you can focus that attention to detail into into printing. Um, and we have like a pretty strong culture based around yeah. like who we work with and stuff like that. And I understand not every shop is like that, but you know, if you're, if you're printing in a specific niche, like find people that are passionate about that and bring them in because like, they're going to want to make sure that your customers are succeeding because it's something they're interested in. Yeah. We've had success because we do print for certain artists or certain bands and people, people are fans of those, uh, those people. So, you know, they come in because they want to see that art and they want to focus, like, I want to do well because I enjoy this, this artist or, or whatever it is. So do you um, print for Chumba Wumba? No, yeah, that, that's our golden goose. We're, <laughs> we're almost like we, we, had, we had an artist, like, uh, not a, mu not a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we figured he, he was our gateway to Chumba Wumba. Danny's a Chumba Wumba bro. <laughs> Uh, we, we had a customer come in. He's, he's an artist, like, and, and uh, we print a lot of shirts for him. And it was his first time, like, taking a shop tour. And literally every place we went, people were like, oh, man, like, uh, you know, I make the ink for your shirts or, like, I print them. And, like, I, I, I love this. I love your art. And, like, you know, 
that was really cool. It made him even more excited to work with us because the people that are working on his tees or his prints or whatever they're doing, they really care about it and they want it to look good. They want him to succeed. They want him to sell a million shirts. Right. And so like, they're really passionate about it. And that really, you know, turns, turns into a love affair between kind of us and the customer and I don't know. So when it comes to hiring, we typically, again, we don't really have a problem now hiring like office staff is different because we kind of need people at different levels, but production people, because of the culture we built, the way that we project our shop, it's generally pretty good. Um, and people come in wanting to work. So, you know, the idea of it's really hard to find people because no one wants to work. Like, no, it's just people don't want to work for $12 at your shitty print shop. So fix it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. I don't want to damage it. Tom <laughs> won't be mad at point. me. Yeah. So, so what about, um, like, does it help to be sponsored by Liquid Death? You know, we tried really hard. Failed. <laughs> it didn't work. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers. Do we have... Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. Send it back to the marketing department. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they just got another billion dollars. Yeah. Other uh, questions. Let's, go, let's grab two more questions and then we'll wrap this thing up so that we can go to dinner. Sarah, do you have a question? Yeah, Sarah has a good, Sarah has some good questions, but she'll ask you them later in private. Like, why are what you is like, Brett thinking? Why are you like that? No, I actually just want to add to the hiring of employees. Um, I've heard and I've seen that uh, anybody who's in the restaurant business is a really, really good prospect for the screen print industry because they're used to the fast pace and attention to detail. So if you can ever hire somebody that comes from the restaurant business industry, uh, even for ink mixing, if they're in the, a chef or a cook, they actually turn out to be really good ink mixers. Really so I just wanted to throw that in there, you know, when you're looking for employees in the screen well, print industry. Well, thank you, Jesse. The problem is there's no one in the restaurant industry anymore, uh, as we've seen by going to restaurants recently. What the next question, sir? Keith Perkinsotti. I want to give a shout out to Night Owls, because, and this is all related to a compliment of what you do and the reaction to the industry, the print forms, et cetera. But when someone tells me they're doing in printing water base and they compare themselves, oh, I do water base, you know, kind of like night owls. I just want to share that that's got to be the best compliment that you're not seeing occasionally. And uh, it, it's awesome. It's not well, that it's a target. Well, thanks. I claim that so they think my quality is as good as Night Owls. Like, just like Night Owls. Well, just exactly. Like so I, I take it as like, oh, you've spent years of your life dedicated to something that doesn't matter. Cool. Thanks. Just uh, like Night Owls. Yeah. No, I want to uh, add to that, actually, is it's really cool that you're not only involving, like, in building a cool culture internally, you're reaching outside of your network uh, of the local printers and hiring people like Danny and bringing people like Jeffrey into your advisory board. I think that's really awesome that you're really expanding. Why do you, why do you reach outside that and network with different types of people like that? So uh, thanks, first of all. It's very kind of all of you. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that... Uh, I'll speak on my behalf only. I'm not going to throw them into it, but like, there's a lot of things I don't know. Uh, again, like we learned printing water base by messing up so much and just being hard headed about it. Um, and finally, when that started to click, it kind of made it very clear that we needed other help. Uh, you know, I think that kind of most printers start out similar to us where you're in a garage, you just start printing. You don't really know how to run a business. You don't really know how to do any number of things. And as our kind of business was scaling and we were getting better at printing, we realized pretty quickly, like, 
we don't know how to run a business. And, and in fact, I, I was, I don't know if I told Brett this, but I told Matt earlier, I, I would like to challenge the, the Maid Lab gentlemen uh, to start building an event that teaches screen printers how to run a business and actually foundational tools. Um, it's great having, there's a ton of amazing consultants in the industry, but uh, don't bring them in. Bring in like accountants, have, you know, have Justin come in and tell people, this is how you read a balance sheet. This is how you read a PL. like do that stuff. And you know, that, that's why we started bringing people in. Danny, Danny's, you know, from Valonite's perspective, one of the best screen printers that we've ever seen um, and really honored to, to work with him. And, you know, my persistence of bugging him constantly really, really paid off. Uh, and so it's a pleasure to work with him. And then Jeffrey, the same thing. Like I needed help. I need, I, I don't, we, we were growing and I had no clue what we were doing. And I was like, who do I know that I feel is like good with money and numbers? Well, Jeffrey. So, I mean, there's a reason he dresses the way he dresses. So it makes sense. <laughs> All right. That's, so it's very clear that your ego has been built by all of these compliments in the audience. But does anyone have any other like good questions? Yeah, hopefully non-ego. <laughs> also general driven. questions in water-based printing, anything in general. Okay, you my we got one right here. Night Owl. How, did, how long did it take you to get where you are? <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Yeah. We, so... Val and I have been printing for 20 years, uh, right, around, right around this time, probably actually about 19 years. Um, we have been full water-based printing since, I feel like it's the fall of 2018. Danny, you were around the same time, right? That's when you switched. Um, you know, we were printing Discharge probably for five or six years prior to that. I have so many vivid memories of just chasing discharge seepage with tape and not understanding why it was happening. And, you know, we like, I remember specifically we were printing for a festival in Houston and every shirt of like, you know, we were printing probably seven or eight designs anywhere from a thousand to 3000 per shirt uh, or per design. Every shirt had a line of just clear discharge that seeped out through the tape. We had an army of people with Sharpies sharpening everyone, just trying to fix it. And, you know, you, you would take off the screen from press and the screen itself was more tape than anything else. We had no idea what was happening, why it was happening. Um, but we just kept doing it over and over again. How'd you fix it? Uh, we, we didn't, <laughs> so we just kept making that mistake. And, uh, eventually, I, I mean, I think that we just started to understand better control of screen making, better control of our inks. Um, and all that stuff probably started happening around 2016 and really again, like going full into it, 2018, the big kind of kicker for us is we went to a class. We went to a class that was specifically catered to water-based printing. Danny was there. You may have gone to the one the year before, the Virus class. Um, Virus is an Italian brand of ink, and they worked with a you know very highly recognized industry consultant named Mark Coudre to build a curriculum. You can still go out and buy it. Um, and it teaches you things like what the ink is doing when you're getting color shifting. It teaches you like why your screen is breaking down. So all these fundamentals, we started to understand the scientific reason behind it. And then we started bringing it into our shop. Immediately after that, Jesse from Matsui came to our shop for two days. And a week later, we were printing eight color HSA prints with all the knowledge that we had figured out. From that point on, we just, we just went. We just got better and better and better through you know bugging Danny, 
bugging other people that we saw that were doing things that were related to what we wanted to do, learning how to separate, learning how to build inks, just like constantly asking questions. And that's really how we got to where we are. It's just, we just never stop. And even now, like we're constantly questioning things. We're in the middle of working with Keith. We're in the middle of working with Jesse. We're in the middle of working with Avian, rebuilding all of these things that technically we should have dialed in, but you never stop. So, yeah. So the answer was 20. All right, so uh, what, any other questions? There, there is only one guest in the Print Hustlers podcast that is longer talking than all of you together. And Jeffrey, who is that guest? I want to say Brett. I want to say Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have had the second record of the longest podcast. Which yeah, but you're going to cut 90% of it. So No, uh, not at all. Just 100%. only when Eric is talking. I think we just talk, <laughs> cut out all the parts go. where Eric is talking. Valentin, Gold, Eric. Kevin, uh, I met you a long time ago up in Northern California. Visited your shop, uh, impressive shop. You've moved the shop. Where is it located now? Uh, it's in Tucson, Arizona, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. Arizona, the driest probably state in the whole United States. Yep. And you're printing water base. I haven't had the luxury to visit your shop and I live in Arizona. I apologize. Um, Bad but sales I, guy. But I'll be there next, I'll be there next week, actually. Um, I'm holding a golf tournament out in Arizona. And it's a perfect opportunity. It's gonna be in Tucson. Uh, so I will stop by there and make sure to visit your shop next week awesome. on the 29th. Um, that way he can expense the golf trip. <laughs> exactly. I'm double dipping. Um, Kevin, my question to you is, what is it like printing water base in Tucson, Arizona, which is the driest in the United States? And what are you guys doing there in your shop right now to be successful? Uh, it's tough. It, going from Oakland near the water at 40 to 60% humidity to Tucson, Arizona, which can dip to 2% humidity at times. It was a big, big, big challenge. We had to drop HSA because of it. Um, uh, we love the monsoon season, so we get a big spike, so that's great. Um, we strategically plan our day. Um, since we do do some plastisol, plastisol might happen later in the day, complicated water base early, earlier in the morning, um, running swamp coolers, hopefully this year adding a humidity control uh, system to the whole shop. Um, misting constantly, um, just whatever, whatever we can find to, to, uh, to raise humidity. I mean, I've done things where I'll just dump water. It's so hot and dry that I'll just dump water on the ground, you know, just take a big bucket and dump it on the ground and it'll be dry and evaporated in minutes in, in that heat and humidity. So whatever, yeah, whatever we can do, like any, anything where we can add moisture to, to the the environment uh, we're trying to do so, but I think that adding the hum the humidity control system this year will really uh, hopefully enable us to drop plastisol together and add HSA back to our repertoire. You know, um, there's some other states with dry climates as well, and I remember uh, in around 20, 2005, 2004, I uh, I moved to Denver and started a job as a cable guy in my my knuckles would crack at the end of the day, but, um, but, uh, my, uh, that's what I was kind of wondering, you know, as that this, uh, this 
this state where my beautiful wife is actually from, uh, called Colorado, oh, as she would as she would say. How would you? How do you say Colorado? Colorado. It was funny. I was in I was in New York this last weekend though, and everybody's Colorado. That's how they sell it. Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Um, but yeah, being from being from Denver, we have the same type of issues with humidity and dry climate. I think most of the year we're between zero and 20% humidity. Um, so a quick story, the first time I think we got back from water base or not water base camp, but virus camp that Beppe put on. Um, I got a, a sample kit that he sent. I put it in the screens. I mixed everything up to their specs and the ink literally would not go through the screen. And so we started going, I think their recommended additive for the retarder was around 3%. We went to 4%, nothing changed, 5%, nothing changed. We got up to, I think, 7 or 8%. The ink started to go through the screen. So then we started doing more testing. Okay, we can actually get ink through a screen. Once we get onto the shirt, how do we cure that? Um, because, you know, everybody with water base that's worked with it, you can build an ink that does not really cure in the screen, but it won't cure in a dryer. Um, so it's kind of finding that fine balance of additives, what you put in the ink, how you manage the ink on the press. Um, but we figured in Denver, it's very possible. Um, you know, with humidifying our whitings, that was one thing that we did. Um, and just really learning how to build colors properly um, we got to a point to where we didn't have to struggle printing HSA. So, I mean, I definitely think it can be done. You just got to do the testing. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with one final golden question. Who is going to ask the, the question, the question of the day, the one that's going to stump all of us, the one that will stump the experts and the amateurs on stage? What's going to be that one question? I'm building this up too much. Everyone is scared. Think it, I, I hear, before, think about it. I've got a question. I was talking with PMI. Quick question. Quick question. Okay. So I'm a PMI. I'm curious to everyone up here's thoughts too. Creating a roller squeegee that itself is basically a lint roller. So having like PMI tape, put tape on a exchangeable little roll that you put on a roller squeegee. So your first print head is just rolling and basically picking up all the lint and you pull the tape off and peel it off when it's gone bad. Thoughts? Now you can have dogs in the shop. I mean, would that help you with dealing with lint, water-based stuff? Yes, but also there becomes a point where you start over-engineering things. Mm. A, a tape strip does the job. <laughs> will do the job. Uh, I'm sure that if that uh, product was created, whoever made it, it would be great, and some shops would swear by it. But again, you don't always so have to over not buy it, So PMI, don't do it. All right, golden question. Who's got All it? Right, I, does anyone have it? Okay, I'm going to nominate someone. I feel like Tom should ask the question. All right. No. Look at him. No. He's so relaxed no, over I think there. He's asleep. <laughs> One time we were on a boat in Portugal, and I look over, and Sarah looks like, Sarah's like, I think Tom's asleep. No, I've been thinking. He's 
No, she did. She knew she had made a statement. Tom is asleep on the, this boat. The, first, the, ma- the magic of the sunglasses. You never know. You never know. So the first year that they did water-based camp, they actually did it at Tom's old shop up in Sacramento, Motion. And uh, there was four or five ink vendors. Uh, Val and, and Danny and I were there. Did you guys, were you there too? I was the MC of the whole Oh, day. yeah, that's right. I forgot. Uh, and uh, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Actually, you were really good as an MC. Uh, but the funny thing was is that all of the ink manufacturers were working on Tom's MHM presses, and literally one person there knew how to run an MHM press. So in real time, 100 people got to see every ink manufacturer fail because they didn't know how to run the press. So flashes were too hot. Screens were running out of ink. Uh, ink was drying constantly and they're in a climate that they're not used to. So Tony Palmer was helping run the MHM presses. I think Tom, you eventually brought some staff in to like help run it too. But I specifically remember Danny was running green galaxy. Jesse was running Matsui. Val and I were just like walking back and forth. And it just like, they just looked like their heads were about to explode because everything that they had talked about how it's going to work flawlessly the day before Every single ink manufacturer failed and couldn't produce a single shirt that looked good. Uh, and so, look, that, that's that's my my takeaway from Waterbase is that that's how difficult it is. If you're outside of your element, even people that are doing it day in and day out are still going to screw up. So don't feel so bad. Hey, also kudos to to Tom Davenport for creating this event. Yeah, thanks, Woo! Tom. All right. We had a question. I have a golden question. There it is. Yeah. We got we got two. We got two. This is oh well shit. Okay. Um, so this Yours is, is the one. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, this is for everybody. How does everybody feel about people taking their shoes off on airplanes when you're sitting next to them? Okay. Uh, well, we can go. We will go one by one. All right. Start with Kevin. I am not for that. I actually the trip down here, which uh, oh just little side story. I uh, um in Tucson. I got, I tested positive for explosives. <laughs> I came straight, straight from the print shop and had to do a, uh, um, a very friendly frisk behind closed doors. And yeah, so, um, so, and then the person that sat next to me decided to take their shoes off. Um, and I'm, I spent most of the flight wondering why they took their shoes off. So I am very much against that. Uh, I didn't register for explosives, but I'm with Kevin. I don't think it's a good idea. I think you should keep your shoes on, Brett. I think uh, uh, one of my favorite things that my wife started doing uh, recently is the Randy Jackson. It's a no from me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me chuckle every time. And so I'm doing a, it's a no from me, dog. Hashtag Sarah, hashtag Randy Jackson. So, no, is all he said. And I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Who would like this? No one. Yeah, that's the hard one. Tim's about to come in with a hard stance. <laughs> all right, well, let's have bows up. Let's, let's hear Val's answer. That's a hard no. I have a weird thing about seeing people's feet. I don't want Do to see them, like, yeah. ever know. I don't even want to see my own feet. <laughs> Yeah, no. Sarah, you want to. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't mind feet too much, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I guess we don't need them on a plane. You know, just wait 
Somewhere else, but yeah. All right, where was the final question? There was a final question. All right. Hey, y'all, first time, long time. Uh, so this event is four days of you guys trying to make true believers out of people wanting to learn water-based printing to the nth degree. What for you guys is the motivation for your journeys in learning everything? Our journey in learning. What was the last part? Repeat it, please. He, he said, what is, what is your motivation for wanting to, to continue learning and continue? I think I'll answer it first uh, so, that, so that Eric can have time to think because that's a slow thing for him. So um, the, um, I think for us, we have always wanted to push the envelope. We've wanted, we, you know, printed threads internal mantras we want to be the nike of screen printing we want to be the best at what we do so that we are held to this gold standard we can charge more for what we do and everybody here can be extremely proud of what they create and when we go to bed at night we think to ourselves like wow like we did something amazing people are impressed by what we do and when we go out in public and see our shirts in public we're really really proud of it um I hate seeing a bad t-shirt. So that's, I think my big motivation to keep pushing and, and teaching and is to, there's no, I don't have any trade secrets, you know? So it's like, I want everyone to print and have a great t-shirt. So I think that's my big motivation in teaching and whatnot is so that we can all learn. There's enough business out there for everyone. So we should all print great t-shirts. I hate going to Walmart and Target and seeing what's on those shelves and it can be done better. So I think we just have to push for it. Uh, from a printer standpoint, for me personally, the ceiling with water base is endless. So if there's a special effect, if there's a certain technique, if there's a certain design that you want to print, you can print that with water base. If there's a certain fabric, water base can you know, there's an ink for it. With Plastisol, with other products, um, it's pretty far and few between. So for me, it was kind of the ceiling. Uh, from a printer standpoint, the best printers in the world use water base. The best prints come from water base. And um, so that's, that's kind of my take on it. I'll just echo kind of what Brett said. I mean, you know, we're really proud of the work that we do for the customers that we do it with. And so, I mean, really, I think within our shop, it's the type of thing where it's just like, we just want to be good at what we do. And so there's, you know, no end to that. Basically, we're just going to continually just trying to keep learning, keep improving. We're not really competing against anyone but ourselves, but like, ultimately, like, again, we just want to be really good at what we do. And whether that's using the best techniques, the best tools, like all that's subjective. So we're just trying to do the best that we can. Yeah, it's just echoing what Fred and Eric said. It's a uh... It's that pride, seeing that shirt that you printed out on, on the street um, and someone actually wanting to wear that, like that being their favorite shirt. Like even today, one of, yeah. uh, one of the people here with Kevin is wearing a shirt we printed in our shop. You know, it's like, it's cool. We go to industry events and we see stuff that we printed and it's from other printers. And it's not like they got that shirt for free. Like they bought it from that, that artist or that customer. They want to support it. And like, that's pretty cool. And I'm sure you guys have that all the time too. That makes you feel good. Yeah, I think at Impressions Long Beach this year, I saw this guy walking through with a Charlie Crockett shirt, and I was like, ah, that's so cool. I think for me, it's screen printing is science. 
and it's art. Wait, is this from like the corporate side or the print shop side no, that you're talking hold from? On, hold on, let's, let's, let's differentiate here like, first. Let's, let's... Yes, <laughs> all, all the above. Um, no, but really, I think they're, they're obviously, we, we spent a lot of today in the last couple of days talking about the science of, of water-based printing. And there's a whole lot of fancy tools that we talked about on how to like measure thickness and all that stuff, right? There is also an art element to screen printing, right? And I would always argue to the death there is an art element to being a screen printer. If you're not the designer of the art, you're still putting ink to a substrate. There is science and there is art in that process. I find that incredibly beautiful. And I think there's not much in my life that is science and art combined. And it's like you looking at me saying beautiful. Cause I, I think you you're talking about I know, me. I was. Yeah. Um, and, and so for me that that's the passion, that's the drive. That's what gets me excited about if it's working with Printavo or Inksoft and working with a shop to help make a process better or leaner. If it's working in the shop that I own to make something better, if it's working in a shop to help them with anything. It's finding that, passion spot between science and art and finding like the true passion in there to make the best outcome you can with both science and art. And I don't personally know anything in life that blends those as well as screen printing. Well, thank everybody. Thanks everybody for uh, being here. And um, uh, thanks to you guys, Night Owls and Ford and Jeffrey Paul, um, the fact that people are willing to sit here and share all of the knowledge that they've learned with everybody, um, it, it's really, really special. Uh, we've created a little bit of a guild of, of people that are, that, are, that are here to share. And if you're here to learn, then you deserve to know everything that you can possibly glean from, from these conversations. And uh, so, so thank you. Thank you, everybody on the stage. Thank you. And uh, thank you in the audience. And uh, let's go have a great dinner tonight and break bread. And come back tomorrow for another beautiful day. And we'll see you print hustlers number 4th through 6th. That's right. And remember, let's go to Newport Beach. All right. Woo. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.